This week, we are finally getting to another one of those passages I feel like everyone knows, the golden rule. I think it's been really fun that these last couple chapters, going through the Sermon on the Mount, really getting to see a lot of these famous passages that you've known, you know, if you've grown up in the church your entire life. But what I'm enjoying is seeing them in context, seeing how they're flowing one into each other. That's been, I think, the really cool thing about doing this chunk of stuff all together. So before we get dive too far in, why don't we read the passage itself? So this is Matthew 7, and I'm going to start at verse 7. Ask, and you will receive. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door is open. Who among you gives your children a stone when they ask for bread? Or give them a snake when they ask for a fish? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, you should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets. Jump over there. All right. How many people know the golden rule, right? You've heard it your entire lives growing up, right? So what we want to do today is watch the build-up to the golden rule. Because we kind of just hear it by itself, but it's part of this big discussion, this big dialogue that is happening. So let's start kind of walking through it, and we'll see what we get to. So at the beginning here, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and you will receive. Or, to everyone who asks, receives. What is Jesus talking about here? Assumedly, we're, the asking is being done to God in this context, right? Like we can kind of make that assumption here. So if you're asking God for something, what is that? Shout it out, shout it out, someone. Praying, right? So Jesus is talking about praying here. So you could think of it this way, maybe pray and you will receive. Everyone who prays receives. All right, so now the question is, what are we receiving? Are we receiving whatever we want? No, no, no. This, I know it's not Christmas yet, but as, as I was doing this, I was reminded of one of my favorite Christmas cartoons, a Garfield Christmas special, that opens with Garfield having this dream where his Christmas present is this machine that will grant him whatever he wants. It's the gimme, gimme, gimme machine. And he just sits there, thinks of it, and whatever he wants pops up. I feel like at times, we kind of want Jesus to be saying that here, right? We really, really want that to be true. But I think we all know deep inside that that's not what Jesus is saying here. So what are we receiving? I think what we're receiving is time with God. What we're being told is that the creator of heaven and earth will hear us will have time for us. When you were little and you had busy parents, how special was it when they made time for you? Whether it was playing a game, going out to dinner, something fun. When someone you love that is busy made time for you. That's what Jesus is talking about here. God will make time for us. There's no hoops. There's no red tape, no anything. You just talk. How, 
like, I think we have a hard time realizing how ridiculous that is. So for an example, right now I am doing some stuff with the River Street credit card. I have to make some changes to it, I have to deal with the bank. These, these are just the steps so far I've had to go through to do this. I've had to email the lady to make an appointment, make the appointment, I have to go in with official letterhead with a written request for things. I have to go in, wait, wait in the little room, go into her office, talk to her, she'll make some changes, I go wait in the little room again, come back in. That's to talk to the lady at the bank. How is it easier to talk to the creator of the universe than it is the lady at the bank? That is ridiculous. But that's what Jesus is promising. We, when we spend time with God, we hear God. We're, we're told, Jesus is telling us, we're getting God's ear. We're getting God's time. And yes, we get answers from God. They are not always the answers we wish God would tell us, but nothing we ask God will go unanswered. That's one of the reasons why we've been doing this prayer challenge this year, is to just continually engage, continually get us to spend time with God, to spend time with the person, the, the God that loves us so much that they would die for us that they would save us because they want to spend eternity with us. So that's the first part of this. Ask and you will receive. And then we jump to search and you will find, or whoever seeks will find. What are we searching for? Is it your lost keys? Is it the perfect Halloween costume? Is it your new favorite place to eat? What are we searching for? In some ways, all of that kind of gets at this idea. We're searching for answers. Oh, there we go. I don't know why the, the slides were off. I was like, that's not my next slide. We're searching for answers. Now, where should we go if we want to find answers? Where should we, as children of God, go when we have questions that we want answered? Yell it out, yell it out. God, that's a good one where a tangible place we could physically go to. Our Bibles, exactly. And, and that is God speaking to us through the Bibles, absolutely. But yes, we should go to our Bibles. That's where we go to find these questions. Now just take a minute to think about really how crazy and insane our Bible is. It is a book written by countless people over hundreds of years that the Holy Spirit was walking with the entire time. The Holy Spirit is this divine architect moving things, moving all of these just immovable, like a ridiculous amount of pieces together to give us what we have today, to give us God's word. How amazing is that? And even more so, how many Harry Potter fans do I have here, right? Who are my Harry Potter fans? All right. Who can tell me what is so special about Hermione's handbag from the last book, obviously other than being super stylish? You got a hand up? Who can tell me what's so cool about it? <laughs> exactly. She had put an enchantment on it that basically made it the, the size of a, a house inside, so she could go in and pull out whatever she wanted. At just the right moment throughout that entire book, whenever they needed something, she reached in the handbag, rummaged around, and pulled out exactly what they needed. Our Bibles are kind of like that. 
whatever questions you have, however you're feeling, whatever you need in that moment, there will be an answer for. You will find something in there that will direct you, that'll uplift you, that'll support you, whatever you need in that moment, you'll find it. Now, we have to be careful to not, when we go hunting for things, to not intentionally look for things to help justify how we're currently feeling, right? So like one kind of dumb example is, I kinda want a week off, right? I, I kinda don't wanna work this week. I'm kinda tired. Oh, I remember that Mary and Martha story, right? One of them's just working their fingers to the bone, preparing meals, getting everything ready. The other one's just sitting, hanging out with Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you, this one's doing the important one. This one's hanging out with me. This, this one's just chilling. I think Jesus is telling me I don't need to work next week. Right? No, no. So just be careful when you go in that, that you don't go in with your personal agenda of like, I want to find this. This is how I'm feeling. I want to find it. But just be open and respective. Receptive. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will point to you exactly where your answers are. So Jesus is letting us know we will never be left without guidance. If we search, God will give us an answer. Next. Oh, what? Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, knock, and the door will be opened. Everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Now, Knocking, a lot of times in, in Christianity, you get the image of Jesus knocking at our hearts, and that is a great image, but that's not what Jesus is talking about right here. I don't think it's what kind of the main point of this section is. When you think of knocking on a door, or someone knocking on your door, what's, what's happening? Well, you're probably about to go see someone. You're probably about to either have someone come over and see you, you're going to see someone, you're going to have company. I kind of think that that's what Jesus is, is getting at here. This idea of getting together, of hanging out, or to use the Christian term, fellowship. It's getting at this idea that a door should always be open for us. There is always a community if we seek it. If we want a community, Jesus promises we'll find it. As we've learned over the last year or so, community is so vital, right? How much of what we struggled with last year was not being with our community, was being separated from a community, trying to figure out ways to engage with communities in a, in a different way. Community is such an important part of our lives. And if we're going to talk about Christian communities, what are Christian communities supposed to do? What benefit do we get from being in a Christian community? Well, we're encouraged, right? Christian communities should encourage each other. We get care. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. So we can rally around to care and love. We can get guidance, both in a spiritual sense and even in an everyday sense. I'm terrible at gardening. Every time I have a gardening question, I'm going right to that man and asking him. <laughs> so we can get guidance in just everyday parts of our lives. We are not meant to go through life alone. 
We need communities. And Jesus is telling us that's why we've been made. Telling us we don't have to go through this journey alone. Knock. You'll find a place. So, these first couple of verses, Jesus is talking about asking, searching, and knocking. Prayer, reading the Bible, community. These are some of the best ways we grow in God. These are some of the best ways we can experience a life with God. We hear God's voice through prayer. We hear God's words through reading the Bible. We experience God's people through being in communities. These are the things that can help us live an amazing, fulfilled, wonderful life. So that's the setup here. Jesus is giving us this opening setup. And then we move into verses 9, 10, and 11. Who among you will give your children a stone when they ask for bread, or give them a snake when they ask for fish? Assuming no one here is going to do that, right? Right? Good. Yeah no, yeah, no one wants a snake when they want food, right? So, does, do you recognize what Jesus is doing here? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Who, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father who is good give good things to those who ask for them? Jesus is employing the same technique he used a couple weeks ago here going from the major to the minor, or the minor to the major, going back and forth. Starting with the small, if you guys can figure this out, right? If you know how to show love to those people you love, how much more will God show love to you, the people God loves? So Jesus is using the same technique, just reminding you of this, being like, hey, you guys figured it out, do you not think God can figure this out and knows how to give good gifts to the people God loves? Now, what is good? This, is, this becomes the question. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, Lauren posted a great blog talking about good and what is goodness, what are, the, what are things we call good, all that. So I'd encourage you, if you did not, go back and read that. But one idea of goodness I want to highlight here is that good is not the same thing as the things I want, right? How often are those two not always the same? Parents, how often is what is best for your kids maybe not what they want in the moment, right? I mean, it's Halloween time. I have a ton of Halloween candy at home to pass out to kids on Halloween. I really just kind of want to sit and throw on a movie marathon and eat it all. That sounds like a good idea. After I've eaten that giant bag of candy, will it actually be a good idea in practice? No, absolutely not, no. So oftentimes what we want isn't necessarily what is good for us. And I think that's what Jesus is kind of, that idea he's planting here. Good is what we need. And our heavenly parent knows what will be best for us in the long run, knows what will be good for us. We in the moment sometimes maybe want something else to be good. We, we want that to be good. 
but our, but our Heavenly Father sees the entire picture, sees the entire span of our lives, sees the entire span of eternity, and knows what is good, knows what will be good for each and every one of us. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about what is good. Give good things. And finally, we come to the golden rule. But I want to highlight something that I think we often kind of just gloss over, or even when you read this verse kind of in an inspirational poster, gets left off. Therefore. What is therefore doing here? Well, it's linking it back to everything that's come before it. It's the second half of basically an if-then statement. So what, what is it linking back to? Well, if we think back even just to last week, the idea of judging, right? It's setting up the similar idea. Emma, what was the verse again? Perfect. Do you see how similar we have to what's going on here? Right? You should treat others in the same way that you want people to treat you. Do not judge, or you yourself will be judged. Linking back to that idea. This is even linking back to toward the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus talks about, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it. The end of this. You should, treat, you, you should treat other people the way you want to be treated. This is the law and the prophets. Some translations will say something like, this is the best summation of the law and the prophets. This is Jesus telling us how we fulfill the law and the prophets today. The law and the prophets, by the way, are official sections of the Old Testament. It's Old Testament scriptures. You can just think of it that way. It's even linking back to the, the greatest commandment when Jesus is asked to sum up, basically, what is the greatest of all the laws. Does anyone remember what he says? And love your neighbor as yourself. See, this is linking back to all of that. And immediately, it's linking back to what we talked about at the beginning, the ask, seek, and knock. Our relationships with others should mirror God's relationship with us. It comes back to this ask, seek, knock idea. In our relationships with others, in the ask category, we should be listening. We should be present. We should be in the moment with people, available. Make time for people. Be present. Be open. In the search or the seek side, we should never abandon the people around us. We should be able to guide people, give help when needed. In the knock side, hospitality, support, love, being open, inviting people into your community, inviting people into your friend circle, being that friend for someone else, being that community someone else desperately needs. All of that coming together to want what is best for the people around us. So I see kind of this closing up in almost two circles. In one circle, we have the understanding that we grow best ourselves when we pray, when we spend time in God's word, in the Bible, and when we are engaged in an amazing, loving community. This is what inspires us to be able to more naturally go out and do the same things for others. 
to be there for people, to be the support for people, to, to be able to be the community for people outside, to be able to, oh, it's on the screen, Mark, but to be able to treat others as we would want to be treated. But it has to start here. It has to start with prayer. It has to start with reading the Bible. And it has to start with this community. That's what inspires us. That's what turns us into the superheroes that can go out and love others the way we want to be loved, treat others the way we want to be treated. Getting in our Bibles, that's where we get the guidance from God. Or excuse me, I mean, guidance from God in the Bible too, but guidance from God through prayer. Understanding God's word is where we can understand and start to see the love we have been shown. That amazing gift of salvation comes from reading the Bible, truly understanding it from getting engaged. Getting connected, supported, that comes through a church community. We have to have that before we can go out and truly make a difference, showing that love. Treating others the way we want to be treated, or maybe treating others the way we have been treated, the way God treats us. That's what that therefore is kind of indicating. You, God has loved you like this, therefore, go out and do it. And it, it seems simple, right? Just treat others the way I want to be treated. I had one professor sum it up, basically just don't be a jerk. That seems simple. But how hard is it really? How much will you stand out by not doing that? How much will you stand out by actually treating others the way you want to be treated? If you do that, you'll create moments, moments of conversation, moments of love, moments when Christ's love will be so apparent to the people around you that it'll overwhelm them. But it has to start by building up your strength through prayer, through the Bible, through a community, and then going out and putting that into practice. By doing this, we will truly be able to reflect God's love for the lost. Join me as we pray.